You're listening to the Job Interview Podcast. I'm Kristen Diane, your host, career coach, and content creator for all things small business, human resources, and recruiting. For more information on this episode, you can check out the show notes associated with this podcast or head over to thebossysauce.com. Welcome to the show. Let's go ahead and get started. Hi, everyone. I am Kristen Diane McDonald, and you're listening to the Job Interview Podcast. This is episode number two, and today we'll be interviewing Liz. Liz, would you like to take a moment and introduce yourself? Yes. Thanks, Kristen. Hi, everybody. My name is Liz Smith, and I have experience in business development, client relationship management, and recruiting across tech and data science verticals specifically within the life sciences, staffing, and strategic consulting space. So I'd actually been connected with Kristen on LinkedIn for a while and saw her post regarding the interview series, The Bossy Sauce, and thought it would be great to get involved since I've worked with a lot of candidates who have maybe not gotten constructive feedback from interviews for one reason or another. So I'm hoping there will be some key takeaways from this experience. Plus, it's always good to stay fresh and up to date on your skills. So thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, you know, I, I just think it's so cool that people want to participate in this. So I, I'm really grateful for your time, especially because I know you're really not looking for a, a new role right now. And this is just something that you want to participate in to um, really help people with their skills with interviewing. So um, yeah, and thank you for helping also kind of paint a little bit of picture what this is. So kind of just to go over a little bit of what people are listening to right now. Uh, this is a mock interview and it's intended to be as close to the real thing as possible. Now we understand that there's a certain amount of uh, contrived uh, elements to this because it is a fake interview. But what the the point of this it really is is to try to help candidates and the the people actually doing the interview um, get the feedback that they actually never get from recruiters through the recruitment process. And a lot of times candidates don't realize why recruiters aren't even giving that feedback. And um, what it really boils down to are a couple different things. And that's really uh, one, the biggest one would be liability factors. And then the second one would be uh, just time. And uh, so what we what we've decided to do here is actually take uh, the job out of the equation, keep the interview in, but the ultimate goal at the end is actually about the critique. And so, yeah, that's what this is. And because this isn't a real job interview, there are a few alterations and guidelines that we're going to follow. And I've gone over these with Liz in advance, but we'll go over them again to both reiterate them to Liz and and also so you, the audience, also know um, all these guidelines that we've gone over. So once the interview portion starts, there is no breaking the fourth wall or breaking from character for questions. Just improvise or figure it out if you can. And, you know, um, and ask all the questions you would normally ask and I'll dig from experiences or make up answers if I need to. And um, I'll, you know, we'll try to keep it as authentic as we can, considering that it really isn't. Um, and then I will ask the compensation expectation question. I really went back and forth on this one, but I wanted to keep it in. Um, and the reason for that is there are so many juicy details to this particular question that 
that come up through so many blogs and uh, so many candidates ask questions. And all of my friends ask me so many questions about how to handle compensation questions, the compensation question and negotiations that I, I figured this is just such an important important piece to keep in. But what we're going to do is um, I've asked Liz to make up a fake number. You know, it could be a number that could exist in some relative market somewhere in the U.S. for that job, but not necessarily Liz's uh, range, um, if she provides a range at all, typically. So that's another thing I ask is if you're the person who doesn't uh, you, you know, give a number in the compensation question, then also stick with that as your typical answer. Uh, we won't be covering immigration. It's the only piece that I'll leave out. That's just way too personal. Uh, and this will be the typical recruiter interview. So I just also wanted to set expectations there. I'm not a subject matter expert in any field, but, you know, in the same way recruiters kind of have a surface level uh, understanding of all the elements of the business to really be able to hone into a role and be the gatekeepers in the first step. That's what this will be. So that'll be this interview. Uh, and the interview piece should be about 20 minutes or so. So it might be cut a little bit short. And because we try to keep the whole podcast, you know, not too lengthy. If I see that it's running a little long, I might cut it a little bit short just for that sake. And lastly, I just ask that, uh, Liz, that you be honest. The, the reason that I want to do this is because um, we want to be able to really dig into that feedback piece. And we really want to be able to provide um, the most authentic experience possible for the listeners. And so the only way we can really do that is, you know, just to, to, to really try to dive into the experiences in your interviews in the past and just kind of give that same experience. So to set the stage, uh, Liz has sent me her resume in advance and we've discussed a job that she would be interested in. Uh, I've sent a job description for her uh, to that. It's kind of like the application stage, if you will. We've also discovered a company that she would be interested in if she were interested in a job, which, you know, Liz is not actively looking for a new role. Um, and <clears throat> And we're going to reference that company as XYZ company because although it's a good tool for Liz and I to have a hypothetical company for us to dig for the experience, it's also really not fair because I will be improvising and making up answers to not, I don't really, I can't really represent the company in that way. Um, and so that's why we're going to just have it, uh, call it XYZ company. And so the job description, uh, if you're interested in following along with extra details on, um, uh, you know, the type of experience or the job description, you can find it on the Bossy Sauce website at thebossysauce.com. The job title for this role is customer success manager, which if you're unfamiliar with that job title is similar to an account manager. The company is a biotech and life sciences software company. It's located in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, and the job has a location in Boston or San Francisco. Uh, and so they have locations all over. You might be able, if you're kind of in tune with companies, be able to figure it out, but we can't really kind of get you there and tell you who it is. Um, and I think that's really it. So I'm ready to get started. If you are, Liz, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, great. So I'm just going to make a fake ring noise. So let's, okay. So just be prepared for that. Uh, ring, ring. 
Hi, this is Liz. Hi, Liz. This is Kristen with XYZ Company. How's it going? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing really good today. Uh, is it still an okay time for us to connect for a moment to chat? Yes, perfect timing. Awesome. Great. So just wanted to let you know right from the start, my chats are usually about 20 minutes or so, but um, just to, to dive right in, I'd love to tell you a little bit about the company and the role. Is that a good place to start? Yes, that would be great. Perfect. Okay. So XYZ Company, we're about 220 employees. We're based mostly out of San Francisco headquarters with some smaller offices globally. All of our employees are currently working remotely, um, given the state of everything. And we're learning quickly that a remote workforce can work well for us. We're a late stage startup and we have a lot of employees with lengthy tenures, especially in the operations and GNA side of the business. Even, even in these uncertain times, because advancing biotech space is really important, it's actually, our, our business is actually doing really, really well considering everything that's going on in the COVID world. So um, our work is actually more impactful now than it ever has been before. And our product is being used in laboratories all over uh, where solutions to the world's biggest problems are being cultivated. So our team is looking for an experienced customer success manager to join the team to help expand our offerings to current clients and to help clients navigate the suite. This person would work very closely with the business, develop te business development team, and they would um, also work closely with product teams so they can understand the ins and outs of the software. Uh, the customer success team is currently 10 people, and this person, they wouldn't have anybody reporting to them immediately. There's obviously opportunity for growth considering, you know, our tenure is really great. Um, but they would report directly into the director of customer success. So that's a little bit about us and about the role. And I've been talking for a moment, so I'd love to turn it back to you. Um, what does your ideal next job look like if you could paint the picture of what that would look like to you? Yeah, I mean, in my current role, I really get to engage with a lot of our IT and R&D leaders in the pharma, biotech, medical device, diagnostics, and general life sciences technology spaces. And a main component of my job is to build those relationships and serve as a consultative partner to our clients. So this also happens to be one of my favorite aspects of the position that I do currently hold. Um, I also get to do a lot of research about current technology trends within the industry and a lot of research on various R&D, clinical, and commercial systems that are both widely utilized and then up and coming as well. So I think as a next step, it would be great to take my experience, work directly with a service provider in the industry to ensure that customers are getting the most out of a product while finding ways to improve their experience. So it seems like this particular position would be a really good match with what I'm looking for big picture. Great. Yeah. Thank you for that overview. And I see that you went to school for biotech and you've been developing a career in the pharma space and in the, in the, in a similar field. How did you get interested in this space and why did you choose this as, choose this as a career field within business development and account management? Yeah, so in undergrad, um, studied biology, worked in the lab a little bit, and I'm really passionate about science, but a lab environment um, wasn't really for me. So I really like interacting with a lot of different groups um, as opposed to 
being more of an individual contributor in the lab. So I sort of fell into a role within the staffing space, but it was great that all the clients we work with are in the life sciences. So I got to do a little bit of both and sort of combine my passions. Um, you know, I started working within clinical, R&D, scientific, pretty much every vertical within the industry. And as I've grown in my current role and career, I've really gravitated towards the life sciences technology space. Um, I think, you know, with XYZ company in particular, it's a really strong software with a number of real world applications. And I'd love to really get into the nitty gritty of a product, learn more about it, and then work with various customers and internal stakeholders to sort of um, advance and improve that experience for them. Great. And when you start a new position, what are the first few things that you do? Get to know everyone that I'm going to be working with. Um, I think it's really important to not only build relationships, but upfront, you know, build a trusting relationship, having an open and honest line of communication. I think that's really important and one of the main tenets in sort of creating a long-term, um, you know, sustainable environment. Um, I think, you know, that's the primary thing. Um, otherwise, get familiar with your current responsibilities, how you can take it a step further outside of just the regular day-to-day. -day. Um, I think it's important to always be not only focusing on the you know, present, but thinking to the future, you know, how can we take this to the next level? Um, so really just familiarizing yourself with the group, the environment, your responsibilities, and then, you know, while looking ahead. Awesome. Um, tell me about a time when you helped a client or customer expand their portfolio within your company's product offerings. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of times we've had clients who have maybe had their eye on implementing a commercial solution or even creating a custom solution in-house. Um, so they really look to us to help refine the scope, timelines, figure out what it is that they need based on the problems that they're looking to solve um, as sort of a general overview without going too specific into what our clients specifically do. Um, but just sort of making them aware of all of the options that they have, what's going to be most cost effective while also helping you to achieve those main goals that you're looking to. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, and tell me about a difficult experience you had with a client or customer. What happened and what role did you take in helping come to a resolution? So there have been a few times um, where clients of ours have maybe had, you know, extremely unique roles that they're looking to fill that requires a special type of skill set um, or a special resource for a project. So in the industry, we call those purple squirrels. Um, and don't get me wrong, they're definitely out there, but they can be tough to find. But sometimes, you know, a specific ask will be a little too specific for maybe the, the budget that our client has for the role. So we'll have to go back and adjust different components um, of what they're looking for accordingly, either flexing on a specific skill they're looking for, or maybe increasing the budget, um, pulling from different cost centers to make it work. And the role that I played was really just, um, you know, that consultative partner to the client, 
working with both the client on their expectations and our internal recruitment teams on the type of candidates that are in the market. Um, you know, we go try initially to find out what they're originally looking for and say, you know, this is what we're coming up with. I think if we adjust this piece, you'll still get someone who can do X, Y, Z, and it will be within budget and we'll be able to get this person in a much more timely manner than if we were to keep looking for someone who maybe has every single skill that you're looking for. Okay, awesome. And tell me about any experience you may have negotiating contract terms. Yes, lots of that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, every time we go out to work with a client, um, just in the business development cycle, you go and try to initiate that first contact, um, get a call set up, and then obviously come the logistics. Um, so we often, when we're negotiating, are thinking about, you know, what are other clients seeing in the market? Um, what sort of work is this going to require from our end with regard to the project and resourcing for it? Um, so working directly with, you know, both the hiring manager, maybe HR and talent acquisition teams, procurement, um, whoever else needs to be involved based on that company's organizational structure to figure out what's going to work best, what's going to be cost effective, and what will be competitive, uh, most importantly. Great. Okay, so what are your favorite tasks to do and the things that you do but you really don't like doing? <laughs> I really, really enjoy, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, building relationships with our clients. Um, really like advising people, um, you know, on the different solutions we can offer them, sort of customizing things seeing what works best based on their needs. I don't believe that anything is, you know, one size fits all. Um, what I don't like to do so much, maybe, you know, creating presentations, giving presentations is great, but it can be a lot of work to sort of go in um, and edit those specifically to each, you know, client. Um, and interestingly, I used to be pretty timid um, when providing constructive feedback to some of our clients out of fear of, damaging the relationship or maybe hurting someone's feelings. Um, but, you know, through my experience, I realized that feedback can be both helpful and kind and consultative, you know, when delivered the right way. So that's been something that I, you know, at first was pretty nervous to do, um, but have gotten more and more comfortable doing that. Great. And I see on your resume that you have experience in predictive analytics. Can you tell me a little bit about what you've done in that space? So we haven't really done any large-scale projects with regard to predictive analytics. Um, they've really been one-off needs from our clients with regard to just finding resources within those types of roles. So nothing too in-depth to be fully transparent. Okay. Great. Um, tell me how you set goals and targets and what you do to achieve them. So I set both short-term and long-term goals. I think, you know, on a lighter scale, you should have some goals you want to accomplish, you know, each day, each week, um, month, and then very long-term. I think it's important to constantly assess, you know, how you're achieving those goals, looking at the data, saying, you know, how can I adjust what I'm doing? so I can get more done. Um, I'm very organized, so I usually just make a 
to-do list for each day. Um, our software has a great um, feature where you can set tasks up and dates and times on them so it doesn't clog up your calendar. So I use that a lot um, for, you know, the week-by-week tasks and things I need to get done and remember to do. And then I usually just have written down by hand um, some long-term goals I want accomplished. And a lot of times, um, you know, these shorter-term goals are steps to get to the long-term goal. Great. You you touched on this for a little tiny bit in this last question, and this may seem like a silly question, but I think in any time you're dealing with clients and um, the outside world, your email can get really bogged up. So how do you manage your email? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And I've, I've heard a lot of different ways. I've tried a few things. Um, but for me, what works the best is I sort of use my email as a to-do list. Um, so I leave it unread um, unless I can get to it in that moment. But then it reminds me, you know, it's a glaring notification that that's something you need to get done. Um, for the longer term things and things I just need to, you know, from time to time, look back at for reference. I have a lot of folders set up um, that I file things into, but as far as my main inbox goes, um, it's, you know, dealing with what I need to on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I'll try in the morning to get everything I can do from maybe, you know, the night before emails are constantly coming in at all different times taking some time at the beginning and the end of the day to get towards those tasks that maybe aren't as urgent or aren't as immediate. Okay. Awesome. And so I'm just going to roll right into logistics. And, you know, my first thing that I go over is just the, it's the doozy question all us recruiter types ask, and it's the compensation question. So when it comes to an you know, an annual salary for a full-time role. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're looking for? So I have a follow-up question for you. Um, With regard to the total compensation package, what are all the different components? Because I think for me, it's not so much about the base salary as it is about the big picture um, with regard to compensation. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, I really love that you asked that. So uh, we we have pretty great benefits. Uh, I think we're working on kind of trying to figure out how to tweak them a little bit given the state of, of the world we're in because ben, um, benefits and the needs for different things are kind of shifting a little bit in this world. But the, um, the offerings, I would say we have a 401k plan. We, we match on a, a low level, not not high. Um, we do cover our employees uh, insurance, uh, medical insurance, dental and vision at 100% of the premium. We also offer monthly gym and wellness uh, stipends. Um, whenever you can actually go back to the gym uh, and commuter benefits, whenever you can commute again, you know? So, I mean, there are some things, again, we're going to have to kind of reevaluate, but as far as the compensation piece goes, I think we pay pretty well too uh, when it comes to kind of where we land in the market. Uh, But um, we also offer like paid parental leave and um, we have like yearly wide retreats uh, with the whole company. And so it's, I, I would say our benefits are pretty good. Okay, awesome. Yeah, in that case, I think anywhere, and I hate to give a wide range, but very flexible um, since it sounds like a really exciting position. 
Um, but I would probably be looking anywhere between 80 to maybe 110. Um, also depending, you know, on the amount of travel and the expectation. I know you said it's okay for remote, but ideally you're going to want to be in the Bay and Boston areas where most of the client base I'm assuming is. Um, so flexible, um, depending on what you guys have budgeted and are open to. Yeah. Yeah. And given that, I, I guess I should ask, are you open to potential relocation for this position? Cause it's in San Francisco or Boston. Yeah. Yes, I would be. Okay, great. Um, and so let me go over next steps. So the, the next step in this would be, I'm going to go ahead and share your resume notes from our chat with the hiring manager for this role. And uh, that would be the, the director that manages this department. So uh, I meet with that manager about once a week for our one-to-one -one and we go over the candidates that I've spoken to. And um, that meeting is in a couple days. So I should be able to get back to you in three or four days, if three or four business days. If I haven't gotten back to you by you know, four days from now, you can go ahead and nudge me with an email. Uh, you know, I don't want anybody sitting and waiting for me. I'm really good about getting back to people. I would say if there's any reason that I'm not, it's probably because I'm waiting on somebody else to get back to me. But please don't ever wait for me to, um, to reach out if I haven't met that deadline. So um, yeah, feel free to reach out. I, I should be able to get back to you before then. And um, and then if everything goes good there, what we would do is we'd line you up with a, a phone chat um, or video chat with that hiring manager. If everything goes good there, we would do what we call our, uh, I guess our onsite interview, which is done now completely remotely. And that would be with the, the, with about four members of the team. Um, and that's it. That would be our whole interview process. So I just, and that's everything that I had for you. I just want to turn it back to you and see if there are any questions or anything that I can go over for you. Yeah, thank you for explaining that process. Um, I do have a question. Um, you know, I know we've only had a preliminary phone conversation, but at this point, do you have any specific hesitations with regard to my background? I don't. Um, you know, I think in the job description, their lists, uh, like needing to have experience um in a laboratory environment or something. And I think that's one of the things that the hiring manager was a little fixated on at first and I'm working on now realizing that that's something that's a little bit of a stretch when it comes to this type of uh, position. And so um, I, I think that might be the only thing, but other than that, I, I really feel like you're a great candidate for the role. And I, I think that's something that I'm gonna definitely emphasize to the manager when I speak to, to her. Awesome, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, any anything else you have for me? I'm a little bit curious. Uh, what's your favorite thing about the company culture? Yeah, um, I think I my answer has evolved. And my favorite thing would be how the company has taken into consideration um, how it needs to evolve during these times and, and how quick uh, it, it, we were to kind of react to going to a remote workforce, how um, it's, it might be something that we're considering doing in beyond a COVID world. And so um, 
<clears throat> so I think that's one of the things that I'm really appreciating is that it just how forward thinking and how empathetic and caring and thoughtful. Um, and then also just how mission driven the the product is and how even though we're not like directly affecting everything that's going on right now, we're taking a part in, in helping um, in, in a way, you know, laboratories and, and, and environments where people need to have really good R&D and workflow in order to be able to help the world. And that is impactful. So yeah, so I think uh, that to me is felt and, and it's really felt in the culture. That's awesome to hear. That's great. Well, I, um, I, I think that's everything that I had for you today. I, I just want to thank you for your time, Liz. It's been a pleasure speaking to you and I look forward to getting back to you in a few days. Um, other than that, yeah, just thank you so much. And, uh, and I feel like this is the most awkward part, like hanging up and not hanging up. So I'm just going to end it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay. Thanks. So, yeah. <laughs> We're done. Um, so I'm just gonna di dive in and just ask you right off the bat. How did you? How do you feel it went? I feel like it went pretty well. And um, you know, with the predictive analytics question, it's always tough to admit when you don't have experience with something. You know, and maybe the capacity that the interviewer was hoping. So um, it felt a little, I guess, raw would be a good word, like a little nervous, even though I know um, but it feels like it went pretty well. I feel like I was honest, you know, explained what I would be looking for. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think you did really well. And I, and, um, I've been lucky so far. I've had two really good interviews. Um, but yours, yeah, I, I think you did really, really well. Um, so if I were going to a hiring manager meeting, you know, and, and speaking to the hiring manager and presenting your resume, uh, you, I would say without speaking to a few candidates and having a basis of comparison with you against them, it's hard for me to completely say this, but my experience with just interviewing you right now, I would put you at the top of my list. So, um, that I felt really positive about the experience interviewing you. And another thing that, it, yeah, what I will know is sometimes when it comes to the experience piece where people are looking at something on your resume and they go, Ooh, that's nice. I'm going to ask about that. It might not be a complete deal breaker that you don't have tons of experience in that space sometimes it's just something that piques people's interest. So I, do, I definitely don't let it like completely drag people down. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, you know, it's hard to know. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, you know, get too fixated on that. Sometimes it's just somebody has more of a personal interest or kind of just started delving down this and saw it on your resume or there's so many different reasons why that might've caught their eye. Um, so I'm just going to dive into the feedback piece. Uh, I, I thought you did, fantastic. I actually don't have a lot of negative feedback. The only, <laughs> the only things I would say that would were probably like constructive feedback might actually be because you have only worked for, I mean, you've been with the same employer since you graduated college. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's, I was thinking of that as I was asking the questions and you were answering them and you, um, 
were like avoiding some going deep into detail. And I was thinking to myself, oh, in that moment, it dawned on me that I was like, it's probably because she's currently employed. She doesn't want to provide details about like current clients, you know, and I'm like, duh, Kristen. <laughs> so is that why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of times with clients will sign like confidentiality agreements or things like that. And it's a big industry, but also a very small world. So I don't want anyone to listen and be like, oh, I know exactly who she's talking about, you know? Totally. So, that's a learning yeah. lesson for me in this process to make sure that I think about that when asking questions, because um, I think that's the one thing that's one of those moments where where as much as we want to keep this authentic, that might be one of those moments where we might just not be able to. So um, learning lesson for me there. And uh, so what else? Oh, I loved whenever I asked the question, what are your favorite tasks and least favorite tasks in your field of work? And you went into how you used to be timid on giving constructive feedback, but now you're not. And I, I um, or now you've kind of evolved to not be so um, afraid of that. And I, the reason I liked that, because it was showing that you had something that you used to not like and how you've kind of overcome that. And I think that was a really good, um, and you used a real example, not something that felt uh, insincere. Because sometimes when people, when you ask that question and people give an answer, they kind of, they flip that negative into a positive and it comes off insincere. And you found a way to really tap into a sincerity there, which not a lot of people do. And I really wanted to give you props for that. Cause that's kind of a tricky one to navigate in interviews. Um, and yeah. yeah. So what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. The weakness question, you know, what's your biggest weakness? And everyone's like, Oh, I'm a perfectionist or something. So I always think it's important to, you know, take what you've learned um, and how you've sort of grown and show that to the employer, even if they don't explicitly ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I, I thought that was fantastic. And the thing is too, is I think when you, we're kind of coached, I think this, like the, all these like blog articles, like really buttoned up career, you know, ones will, you know, or more so like kind of tell you to more mask these things. And I feel like the new wave of, of being, you know, is just being like real. And I, I've kind of come to this terms with like, I wouldn't want to work for somebody who just wouldn't want to know that I'm a human and I have flaws. And, you know, like, so I think that's, I, I think that just kind of being real and just admitting those things is just a better way to kind of lean into an interview, um, in my opinion. And, and then how you manage emails. I really liked how you organized your email structure and kind of you tackled my bizarre wonky question um, and just, you know, <laughs> leaned into that too. And um, and I really liked how you actually, you know, leaned into the compensation expectation question too, because I really wanted uh, to be able to unravel some of the things that happen in interviews with that question. And uh, and so that was that was lovely for me. I loved that. So thank you for doing that because I really wanted to be able to show people what it's like to kind of come up against that question and how it can be navigated. Yeah, no, it can, it can definitely be awkward and it's hard to sometimes nail down a specific, you know, salary that candidates that we work with are looking for too. I think that's one of the biggest issues. Um, you know, you want to be honest, but you don't want to 
overinflate the expectation either. So, yeah, one of the things that I like to tell people to do is just ask when the when the recruiter asks you that question, you can always turn it right back on them and go, do you have a range for that for the stated range for the role? If they actually have a range in some states, they legally have to tell you. And so um, and like they don't have to disclose it without you asking. But if you ask, they have to legally tell you. So um, so ask. You just never know. Uh, and you might be able to get all the information that you need to be able to craft the response that you want. So that's my 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 tidbit that I'm going to put out in the world today. Um, and then I, I honestly, Liz, I thought you did fantastic. I, I don't really have anything else. That's it. <laughs> you did I'm good. Glad you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your, your employer is lucky to have you. And I, again, I know you're not looking, but when you are, if you are someday in the future, I think you'll do great at interviewing. So, um, and then you can just be like, I don't need to interview. Just listen to this podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a blast. I really, I really appreciate you, you know, allowing me to come on and sort of do this. It's been an exciting experience. Yeah, it has been for me too. And before, before we wrap this up, I do want to give you the opportunity to provide me some feedback as well. This is, you know, a learning process for me and, um, and I've been interviewing for forever, but I haven't, I mean, in an, in an, recruitment environment, but not in a podcast environment either. And so in all the ways, I would love to have um, your feedback, whether it be for the actual interview experience or for the podcast experience or anything. I think it's been great. Um, you know, like you said, I've only had, you know, my one job since being in college, but just in working with so many people that go through, you know, so many different interviews, there's often feedback in the initial interview maybe it will be very surface level or they won't go into the expectations at all or they'll only focus on compensation or that'll be like the first question. I, I think it's great that that came at the end that you really explained the position at first then asked me about, you know, my role, how it relates to what I want to do next and, you know, importantly, what I do want to do next. Um, you know, things going into the examples that you did and, sort of digging in those ways, I thought it was really refreshing um, instead of, you know, just looking at the job description. So have you, you know, to take the last um, bullet, you know, have you partnered with product marketing groups before, you know, things that are pretty surface level like that. So I think um, overall, I think it's been a really great experience. I wish I had some constructive criticism to give back, but I think you're a great interviewer. And if I was actually interviewing for this position, I would be extremely, extremely excited to go to next steps after speaking with you. Great. I was actually my next question. Would you be excited about this role? <laughs> so perfect. Cool. You answered that. Yay. Well, I, you know, again, just want to thank you. And that's all we got for you guys today. So um, yeah, thanks, Liz. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening today. I hope you gained some valuable insights from today's episode of The Job Interview. I'm looking forward to bringing you more interviews and content. For more information on The Job Interview podcast and my other podcast series on meaningful stories that affect women, that life and work, please visit thebossysauce.com.